Are you a generalist or specialist? We asked this question and many more to our guest, Nick Wright from the Digital Catapult to understand what his career journey has been like. Listen in, hope you enjoyed this episode. Nick, welcome to uh, the podcast interview for How Did They Get There? Uh, thanks for you know agreeing to be on this. Uh, do you want to quickly introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me, Nishant. It's a real pleasure. Um, so yeah, my name's Nick Wright. I'm the Head of Manufacturing Industries at Digital Catapult. Uh, so my role really is to try and bring, be the voice of industry, essentially, and uh, make sure that uh, we are addressing the types of challenges and the needs and the different opportunities that digital technology has to offer to try and really drive home the, the benefits and the, the value that digital can offer industry. Nice. And, you know, uh, not everybody knows actually what the Digital Capital Center is. So do you want to just briefly tell us what the Digital Capital Center is? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so we're part of a, a network of catapults, um, which were set up by UK government to um, address some of the barriers that happen in terms of technology development. So typically what you see um, is a real challenge in um, taking early stage concepts through to the right level of maturity to have impact in industry. And so the catapults have been set up to, to really address that barrier. Now, Digital Catapult, we are the UK's leading uh, innovation agency for advanced digital technologies. And so our focus really is on how we drive early adoption of some of these advanced digital technologies into different kind of industries. Um, we have four technology programs, uh, which is where we see them as a bit of a technology stack. So we have our future, uh, our, um, sorry, mine's gone completely back. <laughs> Uh, future Networks uh, program, which is all about um, IoT and connectivity and the future of wireless connectivity. And that's really helping industry drive improved data quality. Mm -hmm. And from improved data quality, we can apply our AI machine learning program, which is really all about massive process optimization and the, improving the value we get out of data. We've then got distributed systems, which is really all about um, your kind of blockchain and distributed ledger technologies, but it's about the new kind of business models that we can get through sharing and distributing data amongst different kind of parties and that alignment of incentives. And then we have our immersive layer, which is really all about how we experience data and the mm -hmm. different kind of ways we can experience that through AR and VR. So very much like a sort of technology stack uh, of how yeah. all those technologies come together. And then we have a couple of different industries where we focus. So uh, the manufacturing sector, which is my passion, what I look after, uh, and the creative industries as well, which is completely different world, um, completely different uh, stakeholders, but some really interesting crossover that you get when you start comparing and contrasting creative and manufacturing industries. Um, so our goal really, as well as driving that early adoption into industry, we mm -hmm. want to do it through uh, the tech startups in the UK. We have um, a real thriving tech community, um, probably the best in Europe, um, um, just short of uh, the US and China globally. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we, you know, this tech community over the last few years has managed to gain uh, more investment from venture capital than uh, the rest of Europe combined. So we really are a powerhouse. And so what we want to try and do is give those UK tech startups as much opportunity as they can to innovate and develop those technological solutions and get their benefit of them into industry. And so that's where 
we support industry with trying to experiment with these technologies and then our delivery vehicle is working with in partnership with the tech startup community to develop those solutions further and, and help them gain the traction that they need to that's support. that's very interesting you know i mean uh, absolutely being from manufacturing myself i see the value that you know bringing that to manufacturing to help the uk grow is so important uh, so quick question do you love what you do I, I do actually. I never thought I'd really say this about a job, but um, since moving to the catapult, it's a really fast moving environment, um, but we get to see some unbelievable things. And um, we work, some of the projects that we're doing are incredibly impactful, both the, the industry side, but also seeing the different kind of ideas that you know innovative startups come up with and types of risks that people take on their own journey in terms of creating a new company. Uh, it's great to see when that success starts to snowball and grow and grow and start to turn into something bigger. So, um, yeah, I, I do love what I do. It's really interesting. There is never a dull day at Digital Catapult. That's that's very good to know because uh, not a lot of people actually uh, have that opinion about a job. So it's uh, very interesting to actually meet people uh, who actually really enjoy what they do as well. So, you know, uh, talking about uh, your current position as the head of manufacturing uh, at Capital Center, uh, what led you to this current position? Did you know when you were, when you were stepping out of college uh, that, you know, this is where you wanted to be at uh, or uh, manufacturing the sector that you wanted to get into? Um, no, not at all. Uh, as, you can, as with everybody, I think, really, uh, or a lot of people where you sort of go a load of different places. Um, so I kind of, when I left school, I, I always knew that I thought I wanted to be an engineer. I, I think I found that out on some kind of school survey when I was about 14, yeah. a really strong match with being an engineer. Um, and so I studied mechanical engineering at university and then um, I was looking at what to do after uni and decided, uh, I came across the engineering doctorate as a, like a, a scheme and an opportunity, which I didn't really fancy academia, but I did really enjoy um, my final year project, which was looking at um, the tensile strength of carbon nanotube fibers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I kind of enjoyed doing that deeper level research. And I heard about the NGD and then found an opportunity at the University of Manchester with um, Ford and Jaguar Land Rover. Um, and applied onto that and basically was successful and, and started getting stuck into a four year NGD program, which was all about ultrasonic welding, which is a, uh, a friction-based uh, welding technology that we were looking to apply to aluminium body panels. Um, and I found that really, really interesting. I spent all my time at the, uh, the JLR sites. I was all over the different JLR sites, building um, test cells and testing it out on um, uh, manufacturing lines, pre-production. Uh, I ended up going over to the States to Detroit for about a year and a half to do some of my research at the Ford Research and Innovation Center as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, basically just moved on to a normal job in the uh, R&D team at JLR um, based on Warwick Uni campus. And it was really interesting, to be honest. It was a fantastic job, but um, I ended up moving basically to follow my, at the time, girlfriend and now wife, um, further down south as that's where she was located and a lot of my friends had moved to London and kind of just agitated for a bit of a move to, to be able to live in London. Mm -hmm. um, so 
with that as like my focus, I uh, was trying to find jobs where an engineer, like an R&D engineer could go. And I ended up going to a company called BE Aerospace, mm-hmm. um, which is now known as Collins Aerospace. Uh, but they, they're basically the world's largest um, manufacturer of cabin interiors. Um, and I ended up going into there and taking, uh, uh, looking into basically engineering change and product um, and we had a huge program on the Airbus A350 delivering the galleys uh, to the Airbus A350. Brand new program, brand new product, huge brand new bill of materials, uh, lots, lots of challenges, um, extremely fast paced environment, working weekends and all of the hours with a team of people that were also kind of working really, really hard. Um, and that was probably the most valuable experience i'll ever have but i can't say i'd want to go and do it again because it was really really <laughs> tough. uh there was it was really difficult um but then at the time again sort of right place right time my housemate who i was living with was working for a management consultancy called accenture and they uh, he expressed an interest that the managing director there wanted to bring in more people from the aerospace industry and kind of give them more um aerospace knowledge uh, to try and do more projects that really apply to aerospace clients um, so i ended up going for an interview at accenture um, not knowing anything about management or technology consultancy really uh, but was successful um, in that application um, and started doing work management consultancy work but with aerospace and defense clients and that's really what got me close to technology and the kind of world of consulting um, and i was there for three years i worked across them unbelievable projects at places like BAE Systems and um, Airbus and Hexel and all these different kind of uh, large multinational companies doing various levels of kind of technology deployment and consulting around supply chains. Um, but again, uh, personal reasons, like I wanted to be at home more. Uh, I wanted to, I didn't really like being away from work four days a week. Uh, and I was working on made what was what is now called Made Smarter, uh, but was then called um, something I can't remember the name of it. Uh, 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 a dig- industrial digitalization review, uh, and um, I, that's where I heard about Digital Catapult and the Catapult Network. And just kind of through following them on Twitter, I became aware of this opportunity for you know uh, somewhere in the middle of what I saw as my passion of manufacturing and engineering. And then bringing the technology and I think the catapult kind of offered me that way of getting back into proper manufacturing and engineering challenges and not working so much on things like ERP systems um, and, and doing so you know a faster paced environment so uh, that, that sort of balance has really suited me really well I think but yeah never set out to do it. <laughs> so you know you talked about the different job roles that you have been through to get to you know, this current position um, is there, you know, through all these different job roles, uh, did you have to, uh, you know, learn to adapt and change yourself uh, to actually fit into what uh, you're doing today? Yeah, I mean, massively. I, I think every single job I've ever had, and I'll expose myself a bit today, but I always worry that I'm going to get found out because every job I've ever had, I've gone into it thinking, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and you know when i went from automotive r d into aerospace production uh, and like 
proper engineering design. I was a designer, but I'd never really used CAD before. I was at uni. Uh, and yeah, so you, I, you have to just kind of, I, I think that's the thing about everything is, especially early, early in your career, you do so many things that you think are new, but everybody is really in the same boat. And if people are looking to progress, you just have to jump into them. Uh, and, you know, it, it's like live it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You've done a lot more on the job than just uh, uh, through, you know, degrees and courses uh, as well, just by applying. Yeah. I just found there were th certain things though that I, I was, I mean, I was rubbish at CAD yeah. and that became very clear quickly to my manager. Yeah. Uh, and, but I ended up looking after more of like the process side um, and then getting into how, how do we like, how do we put more of these kind of change orders through quicker? How, how do we manage it with the rest of the team? And it became more of like a, a managerial role and a process yeah. role rather than a caddy role. Uh, and, and that's where I felt comfortable and that's where I started to do well yeah. uh, and, and then you know when I moved to Accenture as well it's similar things like there were certain things that I was rubbish at um, that involved you know kind of looking at technology integrations and getting deep into the tech but when it came to sort of managing the process and how it all came together uh, that's where I started to find it quite interesting so mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I think having a load of exposure stuff, you kind of see what you can be good at. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one of the books I've read which tells about, you know, creating a range uh, and being a generalist uh, where you could actually, you know, explore things more and then you figure out where uh, you best suit, but what you like doing and what you can actually improve on uh, as well. Uh, I think that's the challenge of being an engineer, though. Like, and exactly. one of the things that happened out of an in my NGD is that I was a super specialist. And I was offered a role at Ford in Detroit to go back there to basically be a, a specialist in aluminium welding. Um, and I kind of realized that I just wanted to be more, more general. And so every single step I've taken is basically becoming more and more general, uh, I think. Which, yeah. you know, it's difficult when you're an engineer, though, because you get pigeonholed quite yes. quickly. Right. Books that you've given most as a gift uh, or any three book, one to three books that uh, you would recommend that have had the most impact on you? Um, so this is going to sound stupid, Nishan, but I'm really not a book person. Okay. Uh, but um, the, the only book that, or books that I've ever really got into have been uh, about golf psychology. And uh, I've, I still don't really, I've never really enjoyed like the whole psychology thing. I always think yeah. it's a bit fluffy. But uh, I read this book by a guy called Bob Rotella called Putting Out of Your Mind. Um, and that's all about like how you focus your mind when you're playing golf. And he also has a book called Golf is Not a Game of Perfect, again, which is trying to keep focusing on positives. And then he wrote one on, uh, about life. He called Life is Not a Game of Perfect. And we basically replaced every word of golf with the word life. Yeah. But I think that getting into a good mental state and getting a good positive mental state has really helped me in more than just golf, which I'm still rubbish at. But <laughs> I, I definitely improved as a result of reading that book. So uh, most people I talk to, I say Bob Rotella. Um, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. That, I'll put that to my list as well. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so failure is uh, uh, sometimes uh, seen as a bad thing, especially in our industry, when you talk about lean and, you know, getting things right the first time. But coming from R&D as well, you know that uh, that unless you fail, you're not actually innovating enough. 
So uh, do you have any personal, uh, uh, you know, failures that have set you up for later success or a favorite failure of yours? I've got loads. Um, there's a couple that jump to mind. I mean, one, my NGD was technically a failure. Uh, I was there to try and um, develop the technology so that it could be work, so it could work on a production line, take it from a lab to the production line. And it failed. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, but ultimately, it saved JLR from investing 200 million pounds in a couple of new lines. Mm. Um, but it ultimately didn't work. And that set me up to do stuff that was not welding, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but also one of the things in terms of that's just made me really wary of attention to detail is I, I sent an email once that I meant to forward to my boss uh, or my to my engineering director and instead i replied back to the customer oh. uh, and um yeah i sent some, some some not very nice things about the guy and he sort of responded back to me saying i think this is meant for somebody else and he just filled me with cold but that um just taking a minute to to not rush and and just send stuff out like it is literally a few seconds to go and reread stuff and I've had people in some of my teams that I've worked with in the past who've done things like that, just sort of autopilot clicking away. And that's what I would say as well is really important just to take that extra few seconds. Yeah, I think that's a really good piece of advice as well. Uh, do you have uh, any unusual habit or an abs absurd thing that you love? Um, so I thought about this quite a bit. Um, and. Uh, Everyone in the catapult thinks it's about it's welding. People think that I uh, talk too much about welding and too much about, <laughs> uh, but I don't think football is unusual or absurd. So I will stick with welding. Nice. Uh, you know, through uh, college and school, what we have been taught, uh, and then coming into industry, uh, is there any principles or any learning that you did there that you still apply? Uh, yeah, there's one thing, and I only realised recently, it's what I brought from school, but um, when I was at school doing exams, uh, I was really conscious, well, it was more at uni, but I was really conscious that I used to, like, stray off the topic quite a lot. So on every single page, I'd rewrite out the question I was answering uh, to make sure that I was constantly looking at and answering the question. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do this a lot now, uh, especially when I'm doing like developing a new idea or looking at a piece of strategy work. It's like, what is the question that I'm actually trying to answer? And write that down and don't change it and keep trying to answer that question rather than going off in all sorts of different directions. That, that, that is very interesting. I think probably I should apply that to some of my thoughts as well because it's so easy to get into one topic and then start thinking about 10 other things <laughs> on top of that. Uh, you know, uh, you, you're doing so much, there's always so much going on uh, in your office life and now working from home. Uh, do you feel overwhelmed or unfocused at any time? Uh, and if you do, is there anything that you do to bring, uh, bring back uh, yourself into focus? Uh, all the time, yeah, we move at a massive amount of pace. Um, but yeah, I, I just like to talk to people, really. Uh, I'm really lucky. There's loads of people at Digital Catapult, uh, but also in the network that I've built across the other Catapult centres, universities, industry people, who um, I'm I can pick up phone to, and who've got a different way of thinking about things and a different way of approaching things. And just getting that second or third opinion on something just can really help refocus your mind and make sure that you're not 
deviating too far from what you're trying to achieve. Nice. Uh, so knowing uh, what you know today, uh, if you were able to, what would you instruct your younger self? Um, I mean, I think it's going back to what I said previously, just about don't, don't be afraid to jump into things. Um, I, I think there was a lot of time I was quite nervous about, you know, how you're perceived and how, other pe how good other people are. And it's just a case of like grabbing every opportunity that you get making that leap of faith. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of time people overthink uh, as well. And uh, there's a lot of inaction uh, instead of just trying things uh, as well. And it, oh, it sometimes yeah. start to build up, right? That actually it's not as complicated as you might think it is. Uh, and you won't know until you do it. Uh, so, you know, the current scenario of COVID and, uh, you know, people getting laid off uh, as well. Uh, so it's a time when uh, people are, uh, are looking uh, for advice and um, you know looking to change career paths potentially to reskill themselves. Um, being you know part of manufacturing sector uh, and the capital center networks as well. Uh, in your experience, uh, is there any advice? Firstly, would you like to give a graduate uh, who's you know stepping out uh, trying to find a job in the current scenario uh, in your domain? Um, and uh, what would your ex uh, advice be to somebody who's professional and now they're looking to either pivot their career uh, in the current scenario? Um, yeah, so I think with um, graduates, uh, I don't think you learn as much at university about the real world and industry and how it really works as perhaps you could. So um, I think it's really about learning as much as you can about in the industry where you want to work um, and the challenges that face read as much as you can talk to people as much as you can join conferences and be really proactive and i see huge differences uh in terms of graduates that either join us on the catapult or come as part of internships who are well read who know what they're looking for know what we're like and start to form an opinion versus people that kind of expect to be dragged on for the ride and those people that are proactive are, are way more successful um but the experienced professional i think it's really all about um, so i'm a massive believer having for someone who's kind of jumped from sector to sector into different things is that uh bringing a different perspective is really, really valuable. Um, but it's thinking about how it applies in the, in the domain that you're looking to settle in. Um, so for us, you know, we talk, we have various people who've applied to roles who are from kind of tech industry. And a lot of the questions that we have for them are about, you know, how do you, uh, how are you gonna apply this to industry? How, what sort of challenges do you see that are coming up? What impact are you gonna make to industry? And then to people that we get coming from industry, it's like, okay, so how are you going to adapt to, how are you going to take all these digital technologies and like transform them into a different, a completely different environment? So it's about being able to talk two languages and bring actually bringing the outside in. Uh, and I think that it's that impact for me, thinking about what the impact on industry is the most important part. Yeah, that's, that's very good. I'm sure people will find that uh, advice very useful. Uh, and coming to the last question for today, um, you know, we've talked about uh, how you got to the current position and what your experience has been like. Uh, where would you want to get to from here? Uh, I, I have no idea. You know, I, I think this is part of 
it's the beauty of it all. Um, I, I don't really have a plan. Um, I have no idea where I'll end up next or what I'll end up doing next. Um, it just is hopefully, you know, there'll be one day there'll be some opportunity that presents itself that you can't turn down. Um, but uh, I, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. So I, I have to say, I don't really know what the plan is, Nishan. I'm sorry. I, I'm that's sorry. Right. And, you know, that's, uh, that's how things work out as well. Uh, so no, it's, it's great to know. And uh, no, thanks for, uh, you know, uh, answering these questions and sharing your thoughts and advice uh, with us. Um, I hope uh, you found it uh, insightful uh, as well uh, to think yeah. about these things. I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy your advice uh, as well. Uh, so before we uh, just end, is there anything that you would like to share? Uh, no, I, I think I'm all good. I mean, I'm all for encouraging people to to get into technology, to get into the manufacturing sector. It's not all um, dirty oil and sparks flying everywhere. There's actually some, you know, I think it's an incredible career being involved in engineering and manufacturing. And, uh, you know, I would encourage anybody to look at it, especially as, as there's a huge opportunity for the UK to improve and grow in this space. Um, there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's a lot of value and opportunity there. So uh, we just need bright, intelligent people who want to try and grab it and run with it. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm sure listeners would definitely like to take up uh, you on that. Uh, thanks, Nick. Thanks for participating. Um, and uh, no, really, it was really great uh, speaking to you today. Hey listeners, hope you enjoyed the episode. Would love to hear your feedback in the comments section. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe.